0: Birds flying high, you know how I feel. This is Jerry Bingham, host of Hush Time Loudly on WGN+. You know how I feel. What is removing me from my life? because
1: that is what I'm going through So the things that were removing me from my life from being present from you know feeling good from being real I was letting them go. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. Hi this is Courtney Carver from Bmorle.com and you're listening to hush loudly on WGN
0: And I'm feeling good. Welcome back to Hush Loudly, where we have another fabulous, amazing guest. Uh, I'd like to tell you a little bit about Courtney Carver. Courtney writes things. She wrote a book called Soulful Simplicity and the simplicity blog, BeMoreWithLess.com. She shares things that make her laugh and cry on Instagram and hosts a podcast called Soul and Wits with her daughter, Bailey. Carver doesn't have an impressive degree, awards, or a big, fancy home full of stuff. Instead, she selectively surrounds herself with her favorite things and people she loves. She does work she truly cares about, goes on adventures in a world or in her own backyard, and likes chai lattes with almond milk while reading or writing. Read her books, Project 333, The Minimalist Fashion Challenge That Proves Less Really Is So Much More, and Soulful Simplicity, or join her membership, The Simplicity Space, for extra love and support as you simplify your life. Welcome, Courtney, to Hush Loudly.
1: Hello, thanks for having me.
0: Courtney, so I ask this question most of the time, are you an introvert or do you have a preference for introversion? And when did you know, how did you first come to the realization that you were an introvert?
1: Yes, I'm an introvert, 100%. Like if there's a scale of introversion, I'm at the top. Love it. And I denied it for a really long time. I mean, for a while, it wasn't something that we were all talking about. No. And so I really didn't know. And because my work was in sales and marketing, a job that really asked me to be an extrovert, I acted like I was an extrovert. And really tried to get that energy up for social events and different things. And I didn't know why that was so depleting for me Mm. until I stopped doing it until I changed my work and was doing things like writing and reading and had having more time in the day to take a walk by myself. And as soon as I had more alone time, I just started thriving. And I realized how damaging that constant, interaction with other people was not that interaction is bad, but constant and like trying to pretend I was someone I wasn't was just really exhausting.
0: And this is a story that we keep hearing over and over, you know, as it sounds like you got it, you get it. And, and you saw what works and see what works for you, because I think we all need something very different in order to thrive. So thank you for for sharing that, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But I asked you to join us, and I'm so thankful that you agreed to this interview because I am one of your followers. I get your emails, and so I guess those are your blog posts. And I remember Project – I remember signing up for Project 33. Or is it – I see 333. I thought it was 33.
1: It's 333, so it's three months and 33 items.
0: Okay, and I remember, but it was during COVID, it was canceled or something. And so, but before then, I just followed along with you. You were coming to speak, or it was something like that, that I had signed up for, because I was fascinated by this. And everything that you talk about is about simplifying and less. And so it touched me, and Part of the reason why I, and it's so, so, so small, but it was so significant, made a change with my closets. And it was that it wasn't just the materialistic thing. It was something so much deeper because after reading, I was thinking about why am I holding on to all this stuff? I'm not wearing it. I'm not using it. I'm not doing anything with it. It doesn't serve any purpose. Couldn't it help somebody else? Why do I have all this stuff? Why do I need 14 jackets? Why, what, you know? And so it led to a journey of purging, and I had a couple friends help me, and we got rid of stuff and donated it. I didn't throw anything away, gave it away to hopefully it will help someone else, and then I got my closets redesigned. And I promise you, it has changed my life. And I don't say that lightly because everything just got lighter. Everything upstairs in my life, it it just is a different place that I walk into when I walk into. I have two bedrooms upstairs and a bathroom, and it's just a whole different energy. And I owe that to you. You know, I had the friends that helped me in this and that, but it's like you put something in my mind about purging and decluttering. And so I'd love for you to talk about that because I want my audience to know about how beautiful this was. So could you share a little bit about that?
1: Sure. And and first of all, I want to say thank you for those kind words. And I may have put that in front of you, but you actually took the time and experimented and asked those questions like, is this adding value? Why am I holding on to this? And that's where the life-changing part comes is that you took the time to do that, or you made the time to do that. And so often, like we've all crammed our lives so full of appointments and people and worries and stress and jobs and kids. And that there's no, we're on autopilot and it's hard to to actually remember that we get to ask those questions. So when we have that like little bit of space or that glimmer of of hope to ask those questions and we actually do it, that's what's life changing. Mm-hmm. So congrats on doing that. And I encourage everyone to think about that. Like think about those questions that just kind of pass through quickly and you think you don't have time for it. But that could be the moment that things start to shift, no matter where you are in in your life in terms of busyness or obligations or whatever but i think the reason that project 333 works so well is that it's a it's a 3 month experiment where you dress with 33 items or less for 3 months and it's not really about fashion At all, And Mm -hmm. it kind of cracked me up when the book came out. It was number one on Amazon in the fashion category. And I kept thinking,
0: Mm.
1: these people are going to be in for a surprise (laughs) (laughs) when they go looking for fashion advice. And that's not what we're doling out at all. I'm the last person who would (laughs) give fashion advice to anyone. But instead, it's this invitation to dress with fewer items and and getting dressed is something we all do sometimes several times a day. And to take a little bit of a break from all the decisions we have to make and always thinking we don't have the right thing, or does this look good? Or does this, is this appropriate for what I'm doing? Like there's so many questions and decisions that we make around clothes that we don't all need to be making all the time. And just by limiting our choices, we remove so much stress, but, but hearing it is so different than actually trying it. And when you try it, and you don't have to get rid of all your stuff, you can just get it out of sight so that you can really sample this kind of daily simplicity. That's when the real magic is happening because then you have a little more space, a little less decision fatigue, and you can begin to ask questions, not just of your closet and your clothes, but the rest of the things on your calendar and in your day and in your home and in your life.
0: That, you know, it, it's so simple, but it's it's not, you know, I feel like, so I still haven't done the 333, but just reading all and the, the way you talk, it made me definitely reduce. And I want to do the 333 and I probably will. I'm curious about... Like, I've done something, but my intention is something different. So when I was going to work every day, and I think for my body type, I know what pants work best for me. And so because of my hips and butt and all of that stuff that I have, there are only certain pants that I think are flattering to me. And so I have bought four of the same pair of pants. I've done this. And then I'll wear those pants, and then I'll just have a different top or sweater. And... It is so freeing, and it doesn't bother me if people notice, because if they notice, I guess they don't say anything to me, but I wonder, with Project 333, do you have some feedback from your followers about, I've tried this, and, you know, or I'm uncomfortable with wearing the same items? I know I feel like this is pre-COVID, like pre-COVID, right? Did people have a problem with that or their families or their coworkers or anything like that? Did you hear anything negative?
1: Well, what's so interesting, so the the feedback of people who do the challenge is overwhelmingly positive in terms of what they learn and yeah. what they figure out. However, the feedback from people who are thinking about doing the challenge are this is going to be so hard, people are going to notice, I have too many weather challenges. I'm afraid I won't have enough and valid concerns. Of yeah. course, there are things that went through my mind as well. And then once I started it, everything, all of that kind of just went away and it's just the way our brains work to try to protect us from this scary thing. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, it, it just comes up with all the fears and the, the fear of people noticing or having problems is one of the biggest ones. And it was for me too. And then at the end of the three months, I just thought, wow, wow, people don't think about me nearly as much as I thought they would because (laughs) (laughs) nobody noticed. And I was working full-time in advertising sales. So I was around my employers and the people I worked with, my colleagues and with clients. I was doing community events. I wore the same dress to every event that entire year and nobody said a thing about it. And these were people who would, would say something if they noticed, but I think that we, we
0: assume that people think about us way more, more than, than they, they do. Actually do. I would agree with that. Yeah. And you felt it was so freeing. So
1: freeing because I thought if they're not worried about what I'm wearing, what else aren't they worried about? Like, why am I taking all these people's potential opinions into consideration when I'm thinking about making major life decisions instead of really thinking about what's best for me?
0: And so how long ago, when did you start this? And and where did it all come from, the decision, the, the 333? How did that start?
1: Well, I'll try to make this as concise as possible. In 2006, I got really sick. I've had extreme vertigo and fatigue and was very stressed out with work deadlines and like just life in general, overwhelmed like many of us are. And I got sick and ended up. Doing all kinds of testing and trying to figure out what was wrong, and was finally, you know, months later, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And that diagnosis set all of this in motion because I was trying to figure out how to have less stress in my life because all the research I did demonstrated like more stress, more symptoms, mm-hmm. more stress, more disease. And I just wanted to reduce as much as possible. And so while it wasn't my intention initially to simplify my life, I was just looking at little areas where I could reduce stress. And so for me, it was like, okay, is there stress in my diet? Is there, how about the stress of debt, all the debt I'm in? And then eventually by 2010, I turned to my closet, which is one place I didn't want to go because I thought shopping reduced stress. When in fact, it was just constantly contributing to the debt and the decisions. Yeah. and the, Like it was a, a real vicious circle. So in 2010 is when I started Project 333 as just a personal challenge. I made up the rules. I shared it on the blog. And it was right when I first started writing publicly. And people were intrigued and curious. And I mean, now it's been more than 10 years. And people have tried it from all over the world. And I've traveled to different countries and lots of different states in the U S and all over Canada talking about the challenge. And it's so interesting how it always opens up these deeper conversations because it's not about the clothes, Mm -hmm. just the method. But what it really opens up is people's understanding that they have more choices than they think in life in general and don't need to be making the decisions that they're making in their in their closet.
0: I'm still just blown away, even though I know about this. But I'm still <laughs> just, I mean, it, you know, and 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 of course, it it goes beyond the clothing, and that's what I love. And how you're talking about debt and and all of these other things that impact our lives and make things more complicated when they don't have to be. So the decluttering, so I want to talk also about outside of the clothing, uh, tell us about just the whole simplistic minimalist decluttering lifestyle. Can you share about that?
1: Sure. Well, I think it was when I was paying off my debt and i had been in debt you know since i turned 18 years old like everybody
0: else yes
1: all and and i just thought that was part of life like yeah put things on your credit card credit card yeah and you have a car loan and you have student loans and that's the american dream (laughs) yeah just overextending yourself in every possible way and when i really looked at it I thought after my MS diagnosis, it was stressful. I mean, I was getting collection calls uh, and working so much and still not making ends meet. And I just kept thinking, why Why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? And And that's when I decided, like, instead of trying to make ends meet, I'm going to work on having fewer ends. And I started to pay the debt down. And it took a good three years to... Get rid of it completely, but what uh, a big difference! And so it was during that time where I was not shopping and spending mm-hmm. on extra things that I got a chance to really look around, and I had never thought of my stuff as stressful. It was just my stuff, mm-hmm. but the reality was, it was stressful. Like I had to clean it and insure it and take care of it and worry about it and move it around. And whenever I moved, I'd have to ship it somewhere or carry it somewhere. Mm. And so I thought maybe I'll just live with a little less. And I did a round of decluttering and not the kind of like spring cleaning, like fun stuff you see on magazine covers, but this was, I'm getting rid of this stuff and I'm not going to replace it with more stuff. I want to live with less. And after that first round, I felt a little bit lighter and then I did another round and then that kept going. And until like we had empty rooms in our house because, you know, why did I need chair? Like I had, so I had my kitchen, which had chairs. I had my dining room, which had chairs. I had a patio set, which had chairs. And I think in total, I discovered I had 27 dining chairs and there were three of us. (laughs) like, why in the world (laughs) did I have so many chairs? Yes, And then I thought about other things, too, you know, the things that you think you're supposed to have, when you are living in a house, like, why did I need all those things? I wasn't enjoying them. They weren't adding value to my life. And I started getting rid of them. And then that went on for a few years. And once we were living with way less stuff. I started to think of the other things that were stressful, and eventually it became this thing of like, what is removing me from my life? Because that is what I'm going to remove. So the things that were removing me, removing me from my life, from being present, from feeling
0: good, from being real, I was letting them go. And could you see a difference with your diagnosis with your, with MS? For sure. So
1: I work with a great neurologist and team of of professionals who really, I mean, in the beginning, I didn't, I worked with not a great team, and I could really tell a difference. But once I kind of connected with the right people to support my journey, both with like supporting this idea of reducing stress, and doing conventional treatments. I mean, I haven't had a like full blown relapse. Since I think two thousand and seven or two thousand and eight. Wow. Wow. And I have more energy and more presence. I mean, that is for sure. I'm not as easily distracted as I used to be. So yes, I've I mean, I've been dealing this now for, well, let's see, since two thousand six. So is that fifteen years to -hmm. twenty twenty-one. And I mean, I don't have MS symptoms at all
0: Um, now. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. I love that.
1: And in addition, I think, like, just in terms of mental health and other things, I'm better off than I would have been had I not simplified and reduced stress.
0: Yes, yes. I'm wondering, and as we're all talking about mental health and everything else, so with the pandemic, we, you know, we had talked about pre-COVID. So with 2020, I wonder were people, you know, it seems like everybody's making these big decisions now about how they want to live their lives. They they have different priorities after sheltering in place and losing family and, you know, everything that we dealt with in 2020. Have you seen a shift in just the people that you're talking to? Are they more open to or inclined to this lifestyle Or do you see people wanting more? What are you hearing?
1: It it varies. I think like my MS diagnosis was my wake up call and what made me change everything. And I think 2020 was a collective wake up call because nobody could avoid that wake up call. Nobody. I mean, Mm -hmm. there was so much loss, so much Mm -hmm. grief, so much clarity in terms of the, the broken systems. And we just, couldn't keep walking around in our autopilot bubbles anymore. Mm-hmm. And for some people, and it's interesting because I know, like, right when COVID first happened, I was on a book tour for Project Three Thirty Three, and of course that wrapped up very fast. And I came home, and within a week of that, we had a pretty major earthquake in Salt Lake City, and it was probably the the, the lowest moment I had had since that MS diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, what do I need to do here? Do I need to plan to prep? Do I need more stuff to keep me safe? And I think a lot of people initially went that route, like, we need more for protection. And then I remembered, that's what I always did before. Like, if I had too much debt, I thought I had to make more money. If I didn't, hit this goal. I needed to work harder. I needed to pretend more to be this certain person. And it just reminded me like more is not going to protect me here. Like there's not enough toilet paper in the world that is going to protect me from COVID (laughs) or a natural disaster. I'm sorry. Like it's just not like our minds love to find that quick fix. And so as it went on and we came out of that initial like, oh my gosh, what is going on? and started to see that we were not going to be home for two weeks, but for a lot longer. That's when I think people started really paying attention and asking the question, do I really need this much? Why am I so overloaded? Why was I paying attention to things that didn't matter? Things that I was talking about and stressing out over a month ago that aren't even in my life anymore. And so people are, I don't know if everyone, I don't think everyone's turning towards simplicity, but they are, turning towards the possibility of something different.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And especially now where everyone's real excited to get back to it and quote unquote normal. There are a lot of us who are saying, let's put the brakes on. Yes. I normal didn't really work for me that well before. So (laughs) let's rethink this and there's no hurry.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm one of those people. So I wanted to ask you also about are there some some ideas you could give for those who want to sort of try this out like what kind of tips or simple steps can you give our audience who want to think about trying Project 333 or or even just with their home and a more of a minimalist lifestyle do you have some suggestions?
1: Sure I'd say you know start by asking some of the questions we were talking about earlier, like just before you take any action at all, take a minute to look around, see your surroundings, assess your situation and, and ask yourself, is this what I want? And we want to say yes, because we got ourselves here and we took a long time to do that. And we don't want to waste that energy and effort. However, just taking that minute to reflect and say, you know, actually this thing that I thought was working really isn't working for me. Like I, I really don't like my work or I don't like living here or I feel like I'm, I'm doing too much cleaning and taking care of stuff. How might I simplify that? And why do I want to? Mm. And if you really understand what that why is like for me, it was, I want to be healthy. I want to be clear if you understand what that why is, even though it's it's going to be hard sometimes, you're going to have that conviction of this is what I'm working towards for this reason. And then just throw out all the rules about how fast you have to do it or in what way you have to do it. And instead, just really think about what is what feels good to you in terms of simplifying. So does that look like 10 items a day? Does it look like making a great playlist? and decluttering until the playlist is over? Is it, is it instead of, you know, donating things right away, just hiding it for a while and getting it out of sight so you can see how it feels to be without it, without the stress of letting it all the way go? Mm-hmm. And then it, it, I can tell you from my own personal experience and from hearing from so many people that once you do that, you almost certainly let it go. Yeah. And it's so much easier because you don't remember what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh huh. And I found that with I don't miss stuff. It's it's like and even that out of sight, out of mind. I don't miss it once it's gone. Yeah,
1: it's mm-hmm. these slow, steady, consistent, tiny steps that we take that make the difference. Not this like overnight success story. And I just put everything in a dumpster and now I'm free. Like that. It's not really happening for most people. Mm-hmm because we all have these lives that we've created and it we've we've done we've been building them for decades and so it's going to take some time to unpack that and to simplify but as soon as you're on the path you're already feeling lighter because you're working towards
0: this yes. simpler life yes and you're inspired and motivated by that right mhm so courtney what do you think your introversion has to do with this. You know, it's like, even as we're talking about the pandemic, there are, I think, mostly probably the more introverted. We are very okay. We're okay with things being how they are and would like to, of course, in quote, right, normal, get back to a different, you know, norm. But I think that there were a few of us that enjoyed the way that it was uh, outside of obviously the death and all of the horrible things that happened. Of course. Um, Enjoy that shelter in place and Everything was simpler and working from home and all of these things. And so I wonder in your brand and all that you do, do you think that your introversion plays a big role in in, in all of this and, and in your platform and what you do?
1: Well, I think that my simplicity journey has opened me up to owning that introversion and number one, not apologizing for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, which means not apologizing if I'm not going to attend an event or get together with people when I'm not ready to, or stay home more than might feel comfortable for someone else. Nor do I expect someone who is ready to go apologize for that. You know, that's where they are. And this is where I am. I think introverts and extroverts alike can benefit from simplicity. And I think it's a, a much bigger relief for an introvert because there's less stimulation so that you can really enjoy those quiet moments. But again, I think extroverts enjoy those quiet moments too. So I I don't know. I know it really serves me and the work that I do, because again, I can pay closer attention to it. It's, I'm more me when I can say, you know, what's important to me and what fuels me and what is a deal breaker for me. And so, of course, that is going to benefit my work and my relationships.
0: Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Courtney. We have run out of time. I I wanted to give a shout out to your daughter, Bailey, but I also wanted to ask if there are any courses, anything coming up that you'd like to share with my audience and please share that and, and tell people how they can follow you and learn more about your platform.
1: Sure. I would say to head over to be more with less.com and you can see the different courses and offerings that are there books, membership, you know, things that I've built over the last 10 plus years, actually, it's 11 years this May. And tune in to soul and wit the podcast I do with my daughter Bailey, we talk about way more than simplicity and minimalism. And if you're on Instagram, I am there at be more with less. And it's probably the social media platform that I am most engaged in.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much. You shared so many tips, so much advice. Thank you for your time, your talent, your treasure today. Thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. Enjoy Hush Loudly. Please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to us. Did you know Hush Loudly has t-shirts? Yep, show the world you're an introvert without saying a word. We also have t-shirts for the extroverts in our lives who need us. Go to hushrally.com slash shop.